There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hello, boys and girls. This is Spike. You're listening to Buffy Back Issue Ben. Don't turn it off or I'll rip your throat out. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Ben, the show where we go through all of the Buffy and Firefly comics. Something, something, I don't know. We need a new intro. I guess we do, don't we? The old intro doesn't work anymore. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> gonna storm some brain over this one. Wow, that was terrible. That was a terrible <laughs> turn of phrase. <laughs> Whatever. Should have thought of it ahead of time. I didn't. Anyway, we're going to talk about Firefly today. Yeah, this week. Normally, this would be a Patreon exclusive, but we're going to take the drug dealer mentality, give you the first taste free, and then after that, you got to pay. Minimum of a dollar a month. I don't think we should call it that. I think this is a better habit than cocaine. Well, yes, because we're non-addictive forming and also... <laughs> Could not be. a health hazard <laughs> if you've heard our show before we'll do like kind of a full arc coverage and review but for these issue by issue ones we will do a non-spoiler review up front and then a spoiler one and for this one i think we can mostly do non-spoilers yeah there's the most i have to say is it can be non-spoiler stuff we do a lot of setting up of what's to come in this issue yeah but if you like what you hear patreon.com slash editors note comics we're going to do one of these for firefly and then we'll do another one for the buffy number one that's coming up but yeah beyond that you'll only hear these on patreon is that enough plugging i think so do they have the idea are we going to do once the arc is done are we going to do a full yeah we'll do our review yeah okay but if you want to hear it month to month stay tuned you gotta pay sounds great one dollar Woohoo. <laughs> I know I want that dollar. Firefly number one. Written by Greg Pak, pencils by Dan McDade, and colors by Markello Costa. Uh, Greg Pak, I'm a fan of his going way back. When I got into comics kind of like the second time, I guess, more when it was like the bigger investment, you know, when I was in college. And you had I no money? High school too. But you spent it all on comics? Yeah. I think I, I probably, yeah, college, high school when I started reading Greg Pak's stuff. I've been a fan of his for years. So when I heard he was taking over the series, I mean, that was a big thumbs up for me literally you just gave me a thumbs up while saying that was it a big thumbs up it was a big thumbs up it, it wasn't a tepid one it was fully into it <laughs> yes but the story picks up sometime after firefly ends not terribly long after but before the dark horse books start at least the first two arcs of dark horse and also before the movie which means this finds a nice little space to slot into without creating any kind of continuity errors right because there's still enough vagueness in the world that we can make it work without necessarily ruining anything well hey if you want to go there let's already get there let's do timeline sounds great timeline wise the entire thing takes place over about eight months meaning firefly the first two dark horse runs and serenity in episode 11 mal mentions that they ran into uh, saffron or yolanda or whatever you want to call her which was episode six about six months prior but he mentions in serenity that the whole thing that they've been doing since they took river and simon on board was about eight months so ep- episodes 12 13 14 and serenity only take place over about a two-month span and we're also sliding this in with two more dark horse books so even though this is technically a slot it's not a very big slot yes I think that you are right. Like, you definitely know all of this more than most anybody else in the world. But I think that most people don't realize that that's how short a time span it is. It is. There's not a ton of time to actually put this in there. It still works. But depending on if this is going to, I mean, it's planned as an ongoing and how much they're going to do, there isn't that much wiggle room within this time frame that they're playing in. Right. All of Aladdin takes place over three days. Cool. Does it? Everything. Yes. I believe you. I know Aladdin as well as you know Firefly. Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> Next we'll do an Aladdin podcast. So it still works timeline wise, but yeah, not a, 
not a lot of room to mess around. But there is a little bit, so here we are. Generally speaking, when issue one comes out, I very rarely like an issue one of something. Issue one is usually, here are the characters, here's the setting, this is what's going on. And generally, you know, working at the store, people are like, oh, how was it? I'm like, it was an issue one. It's kind of hard to tell at that point. For all the same reasons that people generally don't like pilots. Yeah, it's just, it's the setup. But for this one, I mean, we already know the world and it dives right in in a big way. Yeah, we have no no preamble. No, we know the characters, all the voices are spot on. And all the art is spot on. They look great. It's kind of fun. Oh yeah, I mean, there's no hesitation about who's who. Right. I did like that we include the little flyy vehicle thingy that we have in the Dark Horse comics later on, that we get that in this now. So it's kind of a fun little yeah, the piece. Up- the updated mule, which is funny because now this will be chronologically the first appearance of the mule and there's still no explanation of where the hell did that thing come from. Also, I like that I could say the fly thingy and you knew what I was talking about. The mule. The mule. I like the setup. It is very much within the vein of this world. It doesn't feel out of it and it doesn't fall into that trap of being too big, of taking a licensed property and going too big with a comic book. No, not at all. This is very much a story that Firefly would tell. The other thing that this does is it also fleshes out the backstory a little bit more of what happened during the war. We've had bits and pieces, and this adds a little little extra salt to it, I suppose. I don't know why. Salt? It's a terrible term. Seasoning? Yeah. Flavor? I think that this is really interesting because it feels like an episode that totally would have happened in season two of Firefly if Firefly had a season two, because that whole the war being kind of right on the edge of their consciousness at all times is going to break at some point, so... Here we are. There is one, this is, I'm not going to count this as a spoiler, but there is a point where they mentioned that Jane left something in the bathroom, so that made me do some digging. I'm like, where are the bathrooms on the ship? We know that they have... Is that what you were looking for on the map? Because you have a map of the ship. I mean, when everything came out originally, there was so little merchandise, I just bought everything, and then I sold everything in the store, but this one was too beat up to sell, so it's just in our basement somewhere. So we just have a map of the whole ship. We have blueprints, yeah. All right. Did you find the bathroom? I did. Because I'm like, where's the bathroom? Where would Jane have left anything in a bathroom? There is an upstairs and a downstairs bathroom, aside from the ones that they have in their individual quarters, which means Jane is super gross and just uses every bathroom all willy-nilly, which is something Jane would do. But so did River, then. But it would have been in River's bathroom. The crew quarters only have one down there. So there's an upstairs and downstairs, and then everyone kind of has a toilet in their room as well. Oh, okay, cool. So that means Jane is just using every bathroom whenever, does not care. Well, that makes sense. Because he's gross. They even mentioned that he smells of this. They do, yes. Shall we get into the story itself? Yeah, overall, I really like this issue. It felt 100% tonally in touch with everything else. It doesn't feel like a departure, and it does slide in quite nicely into the whole world. I like that it feels like we're setting up another episode of Firefly. Instead of trying to go big, like Serenity went big, as it should have. It's a movie. It should feel different than an episode of a TV show. But this was kind of comforting that it felt like we were more in an episode kind of realm, where it was an episodic, something happened, and now we have to get ourselves out of it kind of way. Yeah, I am curious how this is going to work as an ongoing, because I get the idea of wanting to take all of the characters and use them before they're dead yes but at the same time i would like to see where the story moves on beyond this also yes so we'll see for a first issue i was i'm really on board for it and i am cautiously optimistic for the rest of the series and hope that everyone buys it please buy it let's keep this going ditto we're now dealing with a world that's been canceled three different times how about incredibly (laughs) depressing let's just keep number four baby Fourth time's a charm. But what's so interesting is the staying power of this particular property. We were at Comic-Con not very long ago, and the recognizable number of Firefly-related cosplays were fascinating. 
I mean, you obviously have a million and seven Harleys and a million and seven Spider-Men and Batman and all of that. But Firefly made a pretty decent showing. There was a fantastic Kaylee in her big dress. Yeah, that, that's a committed Kaylee. With, with a really lovely looking Inara <laughs> with her as well. But but the, the dress was perfect. So... Anyway, I, I just find just, it so fascinating. I mean, not that one, but usually there are easier cosplays. I think that's why people like it a lot, too. Well, yeah. I mean, there were a ton of Kaylee's wearing the flowered shirt under her overalls, and there were, I saw a wash. I definitely saw a couple Janes. Yeah, Jane's an easy one. You get some cargo pants and a t-shirt. And an orange hat. That one helps, yeah. Yeah. But, and I saw some mouths, but I, I mean... It just fascinates me how much this property is canceled, given how many fans there are and how vocal they are, a.k.a. you. I guess from there we can move on to spoilers. I think this will probably be pretty short, but yeah, we can spoil it a little bit now. Spoiled now. Spoiled now. So in this particular issue... Shit blows up again. Literally. The ship itself, actually. Yeah. This is the third time this has been used in this property now, and I'm going to say I, I don't feel like it's been overused yet, but I feel like one more time is overused. Yeah, I think we're kind of at the end of... Obviously, Serenity is kind of breaking down at all times, but I feel like there's only so much that you can use that as an excuse to make a plot happen. Yeah. And so anyway, Serenity's on fire. They have to jettison some part, but as they're doing that... An Alliance army ship. A dreadnought. A dreadnought comes flying overhead. And being as everybody on there is an independent, they decide it's a very bad thing. Or really two of them, but... Whatever. Everybody's sympathetic to the independents. I want to talk about... Because there was an amazing, amazing callback. Yes. Do tell. So, I mean, the Alliance shoots them down. They find them later on. And they're trying to arrest Mal and Zoe for war crimes. We'll see what that means. But they... With their fun pamphlets... But they throw everything down. One, they use Zoe's full name for the first time in canon. It's been mentioned in like companion books and whatnot before, but this is the first time we're ever actually seeing it. Yes. But they also do Mal. So like Malcolm Reynolds, like AKA Sergeant Reynolds, AKA Captain Harbatkin, which was a one-off thing from one episode where Mal had fake papers and had the ship under a totally different name. And that for me was the highlight. I'm like, oh, oh, Greg Pak knows his stuff. If you could pull that reference out, that's a deep pull. That's... Just a very good example of there's so much love that is clearly put into this book that the people who created this book have every bit of love and reverence for it that you want them to taking over such a beloved property. That was kind of the note and it's on the last page of issue one and I I doubt that was supposed to be the hook but for me that was the hook. Makes sense. Well I mean they want to pull back in the the super fans. I'm gonna call you a super fan on this one. Whatever. But it was it's very fun. The one thing I hadn't really thought about with this kind of stuff is they they go to a planet called Bethlehem, right? Was it Bethlehem? Yep. And they mentioned that there are a bunch of holy sites there. And I never really thought about that, that other planets would have holy sites, even though they seem to be going off of kind of pre-established religions. Yeah. And the interesting thing, too, is that you have this whole kind of pilgrimage planet is what it turns out to be, or pilgrimage moon or whatever we're going to call it. But we still haven't quite figured out the rules of it. Obviously, Shepard Book has his set of moral codes and rules and he doesn't like this denomination and he is very not on board with what these guys are doing but also they seem to not follow any given morality rules of any religion that i know that well and Ooh. and so that's just an interesting place to start out from that we're calling them pilgrims religious pilgrims and yet there's some unsettling amounts of 
I don't know, violence. I mean, we know that this whole series is going to be tying back into Mal and Zoe's days in the war. I wonder if there's going to be some connection to Mal losing his faith. We see in the pilot episode, he's at least partially religious. He's kissing a cross, going into battle. And then by the end of said pilot, he refuses to even engage in saying grace with people. Yeah. So I wonder if we're going to see the kind of like the at least get some, I mean, we get the gist of what happened, but maybe dive a little deeper into like the loss of Mal's innocence. Let's also, also have flashbacks of like Mal viciously beating people to death. Oh, yeah, definitely. I also wonder, though, if we're going to find out that this sect is not really under a particular religion. Like, what religion is Shepherd Book with? Do we know? I mean, it's Christian, but beyond what a shepherd actually entails, no, I don't think there's really... I don't either. But anyway, I just find that... I mean, I'd probably associate it mostly with Catholicism, just basing it on the collar. But that could also be like a vicar. And that's one of them. <laughs> what do I know? I don't know, but I, I just found that really fascinating that we're specifically bringing up a religious sect, but then again, not following any traditional moral code because these guys are upset with Mal for not killing somebody when he could have. And it's just interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're going to dive deeper into it. It seems to be a big setup for the plot. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then we drop some sweet holographic pamphlets. <laughs> you did like those. They're so fun. You look at the pamphlet and a little hologram guy pops up and talks to you. That's all I ever want. Mal and Nara still can't talk about their feelings, but we know they get together eventually, so it's fine. Yes. Yes, they do. And then they break up again, maybe, or maybe they don't, because that series was never finished. Uh-huh. Let's hope that they do. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. But, I mean, it's a really intriguing start. I got to the end of it, and I thought, huh. I like where it's at. It dives right back into that world, and it feels right. And also, it just has a lot of fun little character moments. Yeah, everyone... A.K.A. the thing that we say all the time. Everyone gets their beat, which is nice. When you're cramming and trying to set up the plot, reintroduce everyone, that's not bad. Not bad at all. No, I liked it quite a bit. And I look forward to the rest of the series. And if you want to hear more of our spoiler and non-spoiler reviews, patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. The rest of the stuff is at editorsnotecomics.com. If you haven't heard our coverage of this stuff before, we have covered all of the Serenity comics previously in this podcast in episodes 59 through 63. And in the meantime, come to our store or go to your local comic store and get this issue of Serenity and read it. I mean, preferably through me. I want the money. I just called it Serenity. Get this issue of Firefly and read it. Yeah, that's interesting. That, no, they're actually calling it Firefly for a while. They couldn't call anything Firefly. Yeah. With the rights, it, things could only be called Serenity. But I like that they're calling it Firefly. At some point, I forget when they switched to where everything kind of fell under one roof again. But yeah, pick it up. We'll be back on Patreon next month and also more frequently on this podcast, whatever. It's a thing. I'm just, I'm going to leave now. I'm sputtering out. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Bye.